You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I'm Tyler the Crime Weaver. I am Gordy, the sixth platonic solid. Thank you, Justin Crandall, for that one. You send in a lot of good ones. <clears throat> Hashtag what am Gordy. Yeah, everybody else, you can get one on there. I don't know what the leaderboards look like right now, <laughs> but there's there's a handful of you that have some some good ones. Some some solid wordsmithing out there in some the Twitter. Platonic speech. solid word whatever you said. Yep. All right. So we were reading Lilo and Stitch. Yes. And we're at part four. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, That's the recap. <laughs> we, we ran out of steam on our last attempt to just get all the way through the rest of it. So here we are. Final stretch. Uh, that was two weeks ago, so I friggin' don't even remember. <clears throat> You're breaking the illusion. Oh, I am totally on top of this. Uh, 100% folklorist. Uh, yeah, we just got through a bunch of backstories. Uh, you, you'll want to listen to the past three episodes before you listen to this one. Or don't. <laughs> it Do doesn't order. really it's, matter. It's going to say part four in the title, and no sane person starts with part four, George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, where we left off, we've got the King of Happy Isle hanging out in the castle of the former beast, now whiny prince. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got the fairy who's been his imaginary friend for the majority of his adulthood and his mom there. The King of Happy Isle is the surprise dad of uh, Beauty and the brother of the imaginary friend fairy, or brother-in-law, actually, because he married... Her sister, also a fairy. All right, so our imaginary friend fairy is currently the the narrator. We have shifted focus to her telling his backstory slash her sister's backstory. What? (laughs) So the fairy has explained to the prince and beauty that in the laws of happy islands, all the inhabitants, including the king, can marry whoever they want based on love, no property or anything. Great, Um, that sorts this out. Wrap it up. And that's how the king was able to marry a shepherdess that he really liked. But a twist. No. Shyamalan. Don't say words like twist. Okay, well, she was the perfect wife, and then she died, and she kind of like rubs that into the king's memory there. Uh, But the twist was she was a fairy in disguise because she wanted a vacation and also to see if there are any virtuous humans left out there. So she took up the mantle of a shepherdess, another fairy uh, masqueraded as her pretend mom, and uh, these two persons appeared to live upon the produce of a certain curious phantom flock, which had no fear of wolves, being in fact composed of genie in disguise. Phantom That's right, flock. genie sheep. Phantom flock. I don't know if we touched on it last time, but it's weird to me that for a fairy, vacation is physical labor. <laughs> Just to just to check it out, <clears throat> yeah. That's that's some white nonsense. <laughs> Going cherry picking or whatever, or just owning sheep for a bit. Yeah, well, ah, relaxing. People do that. I mean, some people do it as a means to travel, but there's definitely like working farms you can use to travel. Yeah, the the wolf. Woofing um, system seems pretty good. Sure, I don't know that that's a true vacation. Well. 
I mean, I it's mean, a it's a working vacation. If that's what you decide you want to do, then I'm I'm definitely white people nonsense, and it has appealed to me because like I I do want to sort of test drive working on a farm before mm-hmm. I go get my own property, and I'm like, you know what this needs farm eight sheep <laughs> that I'm now responsible for. I've played Stardew. I mean, the thing about I'll name it shirt. The thing about <laughs> sheep is when you get tired of them, you can just eat them. That is true for. Tech, yeah, technically true for most It's animals. so good about animals. What were we talking about? Uh, genie sheep. Genie sheep. Which is the way to do sheep. Like, if you're going to start a farm, you might as well start with the genie Make kind. Make them gin. The sheep that you can banish yeah. for 10,000 years. And they have to answer your wishes, and they are not afraid of wolves. So it's it's all positives there. Uh, you can't eat them, but you can banish them. So that's the, the alternate. Genie wool might be have... They had interesting properties. Can you banish them to your tummy? <laughs> Is that a way to get around eating? Sure. It kind of takes the joy of it out. But sure, but you yeah, get you the can nourishment. I mean, do you enjoy banishing? <laughs> like do you get the same physical sensation? Different people eat in different ways. So uh, it was in this cottage where she was a pretend shepherdess that she received the attentions of the king and... Uh, Fell in love, and so when you offered to share her your crown with her, she was unable to resist. The story goes immediately from genie sheep to, and then you two fell in love in her cottage. Are we in present day? No, this is the the history of the King of Happy Isles as told by a third party character he's just met. But that's happening in present tense. The the fairy's telling the story in present tense. We're but not, the story occurred already. Yeah. We're not in a flashback, in a flashback or something. Not anymore. Uh, we're, we're only one flashback deep. It's like Inception. Uh, so when you offered to share your crown with her, she was unable to resist. You now know the extent of the obligations you were under to her, although at the time you imagined she should owed everything to you. You'll want to take a moment to dissect that mm. little phrase. Do I? The fairy is now saying, like, King, even though you think you gave her everything because you took her from shepherdess to princess. She was a fairy, so it was actually you trading down yeah. or her trading down yeah. to you. Yeah. Good for the ego. <laughs> He's the king of happy islands. Is he happy? He's about Gen- to be the king of humble islands. Generally, yeah. <laughs> I think he was the king of sad islands when she died. <clears throat> is he the king of petty islands soon? <laughs> Uh, what I am telling you now is positive proof that it was not ambition that induced her to consent to your wishes. You are aware that we look on the greatest kingdoms merely as presents, which it is in our power to bestow on whom we please. That sounds like fairy shit. Yep. <laughs> so both fairies and birds regard kingdoms as just like objects that they can give to people. So that, And the great chess war between them. That's... Little sand castles that people make. Oh, yeah, reminder, this is when we're getting deep into fairy law yeah. this episode, so this is uh, information rich for the, the bird versus fairy war. Uh, so the the other fairy, sister to this one, was so pleased with the king's generosity that she hastily entered a marriage, and she forgot about a little problem, which was fairy law. <laughs> and fairy law says you can't marry someone who is not as powerful as you are. Interesting. Are the fairy just Ferengi? What is the metric of Ferengi? Of power for fairies. Pow- like, I mean, s- social status? Is it, a, is it a literal power level? Is, is it, it I think it's that can literal... rise and fall? Did they invent a scouter? Yeah. This, okay. is a, this is a small tangent, but Britney Spears, 
tweeted out two drawings her son made of Goku. Of Goku. Yeah, you saw that too. I did see it. <laughs> okay, just making sure. She was very proud of them. And I thought they were pretty good too. I, I didn't think I would like ever retweet Britney Spears. But here we are, 2018. That one, that one did New it. Horizons. <laughs> 2018 New Horizons. That's a good theme. All right, so they can't marry someone who's not as powerful as they, and this is especially true before the fairy reaches the age where they are allowed to exercise authority over others. Until that age, they are under complete power of their elders. Very strict society. Yeah, so we've already had a little hint of some of the fairy hierarchy here. Yeah. Where you, you have to, you're not allowed to directly meddle with another fairy until you have reached this age where you are allowed to question your elders uh, until then 100% in it to win law. it yeah. no matter what they say it's kind of a would you call that a meritocracy kind of but, it's also an ageocracy yeah but the merit is old how do the genie sheep factor in uh, they exist there are genie sheep it's a bit of a red herring to keep you interested in the story because this is really just like a Montluc and Associates very law book <laughs> Uh, so once you reach this veteran stage, you can do kind of whatever. Um, most of those who actually undertake a marriage to someone less powerful than they marry young men who don't actually like them and think that they're ugly, and we figure that that's punishment enough for degrading their power in such a mismatched marriage. Do you think that genies can grant wishes to each other? You know. And is that like genie sex? That, <laughs> that's that's like genie, genie marriage, and... And uh, what do you call it when you when you prove a marriage? Consummate. Consummate. That's genies consummating each other. <laughs> I like granting wishes. I like your phrasing there of proving a marriage. <laughs> well, I couldn't quite. I couldn't quite remember, but it's kind of what it is. Like, are you really married? You got it. You got to show me evidence. <laughs> um, as we all know, two loving uh, uh, partners who. Uh, after completing their vows, uh, retire to the bedroom and just sit cross-legged from one another and say, prove it. And then they mash their genitals together. Show me what you got. In some they, form or fashion. They slam. And the marriage is real. I mean, you joke, but kind of up until that point, you can just walk back in and say, nah, we didn't mean it. <laughs> Just just undo it. Yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah, not till the genitals kiss. Is it not real? Till, not till you do the downstairs kiss. <laughs> okay, so her, her sister thought that she could keep the marriage to the King of Happy Isles secret, and she succeeded for a while because fairies don't really check in on each other that much. So this would be embarrassing for her. Yeah, like she is, she's done a dirty here. She, but she did fall in love. She didn't just get like like peer pressured into this. Yeah, no, it was a legitimate. This guy's pretty cool. I want to prove my marriage with him. <laughs> um, so fairies don't don't check in on each other, but go about their own business, doing good or ill in the world as they feel like. So whichever doesn't really matter to fairies. They don't give a shit. Uh, so it takes an unforeseen event to consult the general book in which all fairy action is magically recorded as it happens. Well, what? Back up a the second. The never-ending story. <laughs> There's, there is apparently a fairy book that records the actions of all the fairies as it happens. So they can do good or ill. It doesn't really matter. But everyone it, will know forever. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a shit so long as you follow specific fairy laws. Uh, they're only required to show up for a general assembly of all fairies. 
three times in a year. But since they travel very fast, it only takes a couple of hours to do this. So it's like six hours out of your year, you're required to go show up in front of the queen and give sort of an account of what you've been doing. That's pretty good overhead. <laughs> has any has any fairy tried to white out that book like kids changing their grades? <laughs> Just blow up the... I mean, you you have accidentally uh, dis- like discovered a great fairy spy movie. <laughs> We we gotta get to that book. I did some shit that I do not want people to it's know like about. Na- it's like National Treasure <laughs> Fairy Edition. We gotta st- we have to steal the Book of Deeds <laughs> with Nicolas Cage, the fairy. I would he watch would that. He would be a fairy. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch so, that. So I, I think the Book of Deeds is just what fairies call a DVD copy of Mister Deeds, starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you have to account for your actions. Yeah. But just to make sure that you've been acting like like you're carrying out all the codes right, or is it like you have to you have to show your work, or what's the deal? You have to show your work. We're gonna get a little bit more into the exact obligations in just a moment. So her sister was obliged to enlighten the throne, as we call this duty, and she hid it from you by prepping a hunting party, or saying that she had to write letters, or she had a headache, so she's just gonna. <laughs> Like lock up in her room for a bit. So she'd either send you out to have fun or she'd invent a headache so that you wouldn't try to prove your marriage again <laughs> while she was off enlightening the throne. Enlightening the throne also seems like a good euphemism for sex. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it sounds like a gross one. <laughs> kind of. There's something debasing in there. I don't know what it is exactly. Are there any metaphors that aren't gross, though? You think about them too hard? Proving the marriage is all right. All right. I think. It's a little, like, uh, sort of miserly. Is that the right word? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty whack. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever whatever else. Pretty pretty whack is a good description. I won't fight you on that. Uh, I, the fairy speaking knew about this whole arrangement and she invited me over and I saw how hot you were and I understood a little bit why she was taking these risks with her like reputation and everything. It all became clear. So she lasted about two years before betraying herself to the fairy queen because we are required to do a certain number of good actions around the world every year and render report of them. So it doesn't matter how many shit actions you do as long as you meet this good quota. And uh, the fairy court kind of noticed that her reports were all within the confines of the Happy Isle. That was a little bit suspect. So some ill-natured fairies brought this to the queen's attention, and she was essentially fairy audited. (laughs) So they, like, looked into her doings, and the queen is super mad and threatens to destroy the entire island. And the wicked fairy, who turned the prince into a beast, piped up that they could just check the book and see what she'd been up to. Devil taxes is people. <laughs> yeah. Fairy taxes is deeds. Yeah. And fairies have to pay people to the devils. Is that a is that fulfilling their to, own taxes pay, at the same time? Pay deeds to the queen, I guess. Is that a is deed? That the state <laughs> state taxes? Yeah. yeah. Is that a <laughs> like state, state taxes is good deeds. Federal taxes Federal is taxes people is thrown people into hell. Devils. <laughs> Ugh, I got it. Speaking of yeah. It's that season, isn't it? Yeah, I got my W-2 it's in. It's getting to be. I got it. But the government doesn't have their shit together. They don't. Because I looked that up, and they're just like, this is based on some wild stuff that happened in <laughs> September. Maybe maybe hang in there, see if we change it. Cool. Oh, my gosh. All right, okay. so 
Well, they check the book, and the degrading alliance that they discover abhors the fairies, and they're going to keep her as a prisoner. But she begged to be allowed to live as a mortal with her husband and child, because, by the way, she had one. Which was who? Beauty. Did the book know that? Yeah. Or, or did that surprise the book? No, like, it it knows everything. They checked, and the book was like, yeah, she did. Yeah. It was, like, totally happened. But, wait, okay, 28 so. 28 hours of labor. Beauty is their daughter. And the beast is the other, the queen who's the friend of this fairy. So they are not related. There's no incest. No. Okay, we were talking about that in the Discord. We're trying no. to figure out is well, there actually incest happening here or not? Well, yeah, it bears wait, thinking wait, about, doesn't it? Wait, the queen I think is the brother to the king of Happy Isles. What? The queen? What? The queen is the brother to the king of the or the queen sister. Sorry, be she's a brother. the sister to the king of Happy Isles. They're brother and sister. So they are related. There so they is are some cousins. incest. They are cousins. They're right. kissing cousins. Yes, we fi- they are we cousins figured it out. We figured it out. Discord. I could just tell you. You'll find out. <laughs> That's just mean. <laughs> You'll figure it out one day. Okay, <clears> so uh, she was so compelling in her description of her love, love that if it had been put to a vote right then and there, she probably would have been let off with the reprimand. But then a fairy that we call the mother of the seasons because she's so old and decrepit did not give the queen time to say how touched she was and uh, instead screeches about how there's no excuse for this crime. So let her husband mourn for her and her daughter become the wife of a monster. Mm. So the fairies who had been prepped to grant clemency remembered that they're severe assholes and it was all agreed because the fairies are apparently just swayed by the last person to say words. <laughs> that's that's how you get the mood of the room to That's shift. the most important fairy law <laughs> is the last word wins. Um, so she tried to excuse herself with descriptions of how great the King of Happy Isles was, uh, which piqued the wicked fairy's curiosity. Uh, but because she was in guardianship of the prince, the beast, at the time, she would never have been allowed to check out this king, except she had the idea of assigning a protective genie, uh, I think it's protective genius, which might just be a singular genie, and two <laughs> self Wait, what, 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 can't just breeze past that. What is the singular of genie? Genius. Genius? Yes. Not genus. No, genius. I thought the genie was singular, and that genie was plural. <laughs> Genui. Genui. Who knows anymore? What gene genius genius or genie pie? I mean, genius used to be you, the description of like an inspiring spirit. I mean, U U S is a is a Latin singular root, and I would say I E sounds like a plural one. New rule: genies, two E's and a Z. Gen- genies. Yeah. The, only the cool ones, though. Yeah, they get shades. Choose okay, where you so go. he's got a protective genius and two subaltern fairies. So I'm guessing those are the the unseely court fa- fairies. Great. Where do the monkeys come from? <laughs> We're not there. If we ever get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So so these fairies and genius guard him in her absence, and this is the time that she she's gone from his story for a couple years that he didn't know what she was doing. We're going to fill in that hole. Okay. Um, Sorry, fill in what hole? The hole of where the wicked fairy who was the prince, the beast guardian went for two years. Cause he mentioned in his story that she just vanished for a bit. And he didn't know where. Mm. Hey, speaking of star Wars earlier. <laughs> yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Beauty and the beast did not need a fucking prequel trilogy. <laughs> No, it didn't. I don't need this. I would I would this say the info does not help me. Almost nothing needs a prequel trilogy. 
Yeah, most of our stories, the problem is plot holes. This one is the opposite. Airtight, I guess. <laughs> this one just doesn't know where to start or where to end. Uh, meanwhile, those set to guard uh, the fairy queen, or the, like the queen who was a fairy, mm-hmm. uh, listened to her orders not to be disturbed, but after a while stormed her chamber. Oh, yeah. Okay. Her queen. <laughs> okay. So the story's really confusing at this point. Cause is she immortal now? Going. No. Uh, that queen, the queen is still in fairyland as a prisoner. Yes. Um, for breaking the law. Yeah. Uh, she has invented some kind of headache back on the Happy Isles. Right. And has asked not to be disturbed in her chamber. For eight years. The guards who are set to, to guard her at first listened to her orders not to be disturbed, but after a while they were sure something terrible had happened and stormed her chambers only to find that she had vanished without a trace. So fearing that they'd be held responsible for her vanishing, they came to tell you that the queen had died. Guys, that seems worse. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe. I think missing is better than dead. Yeah, especially Missing's since you can't produce dead. a body. Yeah. Like, how are you going to explain that one away? We buried um, it already. Uh, this is where plot holes do exist, because they don't they gloss over that. And they we say, burned it, we ate part of it, and we buried it. And the rest of it was puppies. <laughs> uh, while you mourned your wife and took joy in your daughter, the wicked fairy was hanging out invisible and totally lusting after you. Mm. It's gross. That's happening to a lot of people, I think. Ghosts yeah. do it. Ghosts do it. <laughs> ghosts are after it. Ghosts are all about it. It's like the number one perk to being a ghost. But they just can't. They can't prove it. It's the locker room hangouts. Ghosts can't prove with anybody. Ghosts are so addicted to boobies and butts and dongers at this point that if no one is naked in a room, they get bored and leave. <laughs> but not before like that's a ghost fact. Not before throwing things around or stacking that's the chairs. What all weird. The, yeah, that's what all the poltergeist stuff is about. They're literally trying to scare the pants off of people, <laughs> so they can just get at them dingles. Um, Wicked fairy knew she wouldn't have the charms to break through your grief and get some hot king action, but she wanted to find some way to get you to tolerate her and maybe even make love to her. Mm. <laughs> uh, she needed an introduction to you, and to get it, she stole away a widow queen who happened to be in the neighborhood after being di- driven from her dominion by a usurper who killed her husband and was wandering around. This queen was now wandering around in search of asylum and an avenger. Right, because she lost her castle and couldn't get back. <laughs> If you if you hadn't told us how her husband died, I was going to assume that that's why she was widowed. <laughs> it's because she was lost. <laughs> that's that is what it means to go out and seek your fortune. It really just means I'm lost. I might as well I might as well keep on going. Yeah, we're gonna there's start no, fresh. I'm no on this direction. Back. Okay, so instead of uh, finding asylum and an avenger, she gets stolen by a fairy. Um, the wicked fairy puts this queen to sleep, takes her form, and goes to the king to beg assistance and revenge for the same problem that the real woman had. Why does she need to kidnap her to do that? Um, she hasn't learned how to possess people. Why couldn't no? Why couldn't she just examine her and take her appearance and let her wander away somewhere else? <laughs> like, why does she like need just, to be kidnapped? Just reposition her and scoot her along. Yeah, no one would notice. She doesn't even need her appearance. She's like, that's a good backstory. I'll just take that. Yeah. Anyway, um, you pitied her, having recently lost your own spouse, so you did get involved in her issues. Um, But after you restored her throne, she wouldn't leave your castle. 
Uh, she wanted you to rule in her stead and then to be a member of your court. And you thought, all right. Talking so, to the king or the beast? To the king. All of this is the fairy telling the king his backstory. Okay. Um, that he didn't know. Yeah. You thought, cool, I need someone to help raise my daughter anyway, so this works out. So she had anticipated this and pretended fondness for beauty and lied about how she would had a similar daughter with her dead husband and that daughter had also died, which was a real bummer. So just like twisting that knife. Just just some fun dinner time chat. Yeah. Like, oh, your daughter looks just like my corpse of a daughter. Your, your daughter reminds me of my dead family. <laughs> More potatoes, please. <laughs> um, so you gave her full authority over beauty and you loved her in the fashion of a brother, but she loved you like a penis. So she schemed to convince you to marry her by pushing the by pushing the nobility to beg you to marry again. Loved you like a penis. Yeah, it's not the original fairy tale phrase. I assume not. <laughs> what do they call it? Uh, it's like a paragraph of flowery language about her feelings. <laughs> That's um, their word for penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The paragraph long flowery description of emotions. I'm glad that we've we've honed in on what a penis is <laughs> over the years. It's been, it's we don't need like to take a paragraph to show. describe it anymore. Yeah, people say people say. Things have gotten hard recently, but that's going like in the right. Do. That's going in the right direction. We got it down to one word. All right, so she's pushing the nobility to beg him to marry again, but uh, he stood firm and not giving his daughter a stepmother, and then also told her to go back to her own country after he found out that she was the source of all this uh, this badgering he was now getting from his courtiers. Uh, she was rageful about this <laughs> decree and focused her hate on beauty. The others in the court also thought that maybe things might be a little bit better if Beauty died and then he could remarry and the political maneuvering could happen to get him to marry someone they wanted. Man, shareholders are ruthless. (laughs) Yeah. You got to kill your kid this quarter. (laughs) So the Wicked Fairy teams up with some of these uh, parasites, as they're called in the story, uh, one of whom is Beauty's governess. And they plan to kill her. Uh, they plan the murder for the woods, figuring that no one would blame them for not calling for help sooner if they were too far away for anyone to hear them. Why do we need this? We know it didn't happen. <laughs> She's alive and there. It's the problem with prequels. There is no tension. The husband of the governess was going to run to the castle for aid, and then uh, as soon as she was as soon as she was dead, and then no one would suspect his guilt. And when they got back. He would appear greatly surprised that she was dead before aid could be rendered. He carefully rehearsed his sorrow and consternation so that it would look convincing when they pulled this off. Mm. I'm not going to say anything anymore until we get to a part of the story that matters. (laughs) The perfect murder. Flawless crime. Uh, Meanwhile, my sister, condemned to fairy prison, put me in charge of her daughter, which I would have done anyway, but I had to be careful because my sisterly affection is less important than fairy law. So I had to convince everyone that I had fully renounced my sister and her daughter. Uh, Myself and my devoted genie kept watch on the wicked fairy. Mm. Again, we could not have any open engagement because there must, you you have to be at least a thousand years old before the law allows you to dispute a matter with your elders. Unless, of course, you've passed through the serpent period. Serpent period. Uh Uh-huh. Which, wait... Yes. But the perils which accompany this latter condition are the cause of our calling it the terrible annals. Terrible annals. What are the terrible annals? 
The bravest among us shudder at the thought of undertaking this step, and we hesitate for long before deciding to expose ourselves to the risks it incurs. And what is it? Without some very urgent reason, such as a violent hatred, a love passion, or a desire for vengeance, there are fewer of us who would not prefer to wait the veteran stage rather than acquire the desired privilege by this dangerous means, where the greater number perish. Is this like in the first Dungeons and Dragons movie when they try to steal the jewel out of the the thief guy's lair? I, too, was of that opinion. I wanted but ten years to complete my thousands, so the only resource I had was stratagem. This I employed in an eminently successful manner. Tell me about the snake anus. <laughs> this is about all the information we get about the serpent period. The terrible annals. It's just like a horrible thing that they do <laughs> to be able to question their elders. But there's no information on what it actually is. We get like little snippets later. Um, is it an obstacle course? <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. So this fairy telling the story took the disguise of a monster she-bear and hid near the murder spot. Uh, when the woman with baby with the baby, the governess, came in uh, and was just beginning to strangle her, uh, the fairy disguised as she-bear flung at her. The woman dropped the baby, and in the fairy's rage, she she didn't like have any control, so she strangled the governess. <laughs> Uh, and also with the governess's husband. She did have It's the... like an asphyxiation matryoshka. <laughs> <laughs> she did have the presence of mind to carry off the baby, leaving the baby's clothes behind, died in the blood of her enemies, and torn apart so that no hope was had that she escaped. It's very lucky that this governess's plan required her to be in a very specific location before choking a baby to death. <laughs> well, they had to get far enough away from the castle that, that no it was... one would hear. Yeah, but also that it was reasonable that no one could find help in time sure i don't know why the bear strangled her instead of mauled her or what sort of forensic that's how bears fight (laughs) creates but there you go um so the wicked fairy was pleased because she was also tricked by this and she was happy that her accomplices also died so that no fingers could point back to her and she was convinced that yeah, a bear definitely did all this. Uh, but she still had to work around the whole... Okay, so the fairy telling the story has successfully saved Beauty from imminent death, but still has to work around the mother of the season's curse that she has to marry a monster. I don't care. What? Okay, when this story, when this part is finished, when they're finished explaining this, is the end of the story going to be... That Beauty looks at her and goes, wow, cool, and then it ends? Yeah, does Beauty like, just what? say, thanks? Like, what, like, what is the climax here? We've already, we did it like 30 minutes ago. Uh, so I figured I could hedge the curse a little bit so it's not literally fulfilled, but now I have to dump a baby. This is like if at the end of a movie, the director just spent like 30 extra minutes telling you how good it was. <laughs> And when and where they thought of every scene. Yeah, like a forced director's commentary at the end. I found a house in the hamlet that looked comfortable, and I found a baby in a fancy crib in the house. The baby in the crib seemed to be ill, and the nurses were sleeping around it, exhausted from watching it. So I wanted to revive that infant. What? What? They were... Sorry, go back. They were exhausted from watching this baby. The sick baby. Like literally just watching it. I mean, like... Taking turns. 
That's what medicine turn, was. Taking turns look, just looking at things. Yeah, I was looking at it, giving it cocaine every now and then. That's what medicine used to be. I wanted yeah. to briefly add to the forced uh, commentary track. Yeah, go for <laughs> the it. The director walks out in the middle of the last scene and all the characters just have to stand around and watch them explain while they wait to finish that is, the movie yeah that is true you cannot see the actual end to the movie until the director's like and then this is what we did for this scene but it didn't work here's the, the background information of what was going on behind the scenes with the flamethrower in this and, cool scene and then it hit me this is how much gasoline we had to use um so i wanted to revive the infant so uh, I took it out of the cradle to breathe fresh life into it, but it was too late because the moment I touched it, it died. Luckily, though, it was also a girl, so I just pulled a little switcheroo and I buried the lifeless infant in the back, came back, knocked on the door to wake the sleeping nurses, lied about my identity to get more info on the family that I just dumped this baby into, and it turns out that Beauty is actually the youngest of all the 12 kids so her brother we were confused about that in the beginning of the story her brothers are older than she is they just don't give a crap about girls so uh the fairy then gives the dad the prophecy that he mentioned at the beginning of the story um and then goes back to fairyland because she's done with all this nonsense wait what baby died uh the uh, baby that the merchant thought beauty was his original daughter died in a cradle, and so she just, like, put beauty there instead. Does this baby exist outside of this flashback? That ba- No, it's dead. Right, but, like, it has not been mentioned previously. No, because the merchant thought that beauty was his was daughter. Was that yeah. baby? So we so don't need to know he... about the baby. Yeah. Okay. That's what, that's what I learned, is we don't need to know. So you, the king of happy It's a good Isles. thing that everyone in France is white. Yeah, what? <laughs> What are you talking about? That'd be a harder switcheroo. Oh, if it was. With with different ethnic families. They had some multiculturalism to worry (laughs) about. Uh, So you, the king of Happy Isles, suspected that the wicked fairy had a part in your daughter's death, but you had no proof. Uh, But when she renewed her proposals to you, you were very adamant in A, not marrying at all, B, certainly not marrying her, and C, get the fuck out of my kingdom so I can mourn in peace because I've now lost my daughter in addition to my wife. Uh, so she was furious. It's not a very happy kingdom anymore. But she couldn't do anything because I, fairy telling the story, had put a fairy on guard to protect him, who was not only a veteran, but four times a serpent. So way <laughs> too powerful to fuck with. So what? <laughs> She'd done the trial of the serpent, or whatever, the terrible annals, four times. Serpent's anus. Yeah. Uh, so that fairy goes off pouting, rejoins the prince and his backstory. Uh, the woman whose form she stole wakes up, and she does her a good turn by hiding her from the criminal use made of her features. And then she goes home and fell in love with the prince instead. The end. Meantime, I, the fairy telling the story, became a veteran, and I also decided to do, to do the serpent ordeal, so I became a snake also so I could now act openly in the favor of those maliciously used by my fellow fairies, but not too openly with my niece because the whole exiled sister thing, there's still a bit of like fairy law problems there. So I read in the book what the wicked fairy was doing, and I figured that this was the perfect opportunity to marry beauty to a monster and undo the curse of the mother of the seasons. <laughs> the perfect opportunity. <laughs> and I was also able to call out the wicked fairy in front of all the other fairies, so she got degraded from our order for her romantic pursuits, and I got to watch her undergo the same punishment that my sister did. The end. After this, I descended from the middle region of air where our kingdom is located. Interesting. To help with this whole mess. 
So all the curses have been completed. The evil fairy is now powerless and everything is cool. And so she ends her story. The king now begs to see his wife, who he thought was dead. <laughs> and she's like, no. The fairy ends her story and gasps for air. <laughs> and the king's like, my wife's not dead. Can I see her? And she's like, no, fairy law is absolute on that. And so she's trying to explain fairy law when suddenly a melodious symphony interrupts her in the middle of the air. Fuck your stupid shit. Here we come. Very melodious, Tyler. Thank you for that perfect rendition. The fairy is surprised because this melodious symphony indicates the triumph of a fairy. And she suspects maybe it's one of her enemies shown up, but... It's her sister. She she puts her dukes up just in case. (laughs) She slips her fingers through her keys. (laughs) She pulls out her brass knuckles. She's ready to go. Okay. So she's surprised because fairy law is, again, pretty absolute. And she's like, how'd you get out? And she's like, well, I owe it to my own courage. Which had it impelled me to expose my life to preserve another's. You are aware, she said to her sister, that the daughter of our queen, the queen of all fairies, was received into our order at her birth, but that she owed her being not to a subluminary father, but to the sage Amadabat, whose alliance is an honor to the fairy race and whose power is far above ours. So we got that person to deal with at some point. And on account of this, uh, on account of his sublime knowledge, in spite of this, it was ordained that his daughter should become a serpent as soon as she reached her hundredth birthday. When that fatal moment arrived, our queen, as tender as a mortal mother for this dear child and as greatly alarmed about her as any ordinary mother would be, was unable to resolve to let her expose herself to the chance of destruction that would incur in that shape. So I'm guessing that this means that the ordeal of the serpent means that the fairies have to take the shape of a snake for a while and just like live through it. We have seen that. Yeah, is that that bad? In past instances. Is that terrible? I mean, apparently. They must really not like snakes. So, the fair child was still young, and her mother had every reason to fear that the lack of experience would be an obstacle to her passing the ordeal successfully, especially when much older fairies had so often failed to do so. So, the fairy queen of the Happy Isles offered to do the ordeal in place of the fairy queen's daughter because, fuck, she's a prisoner, what else is she doing? Uh, the queen was a little hesitant, but then agrees to give her her freedom if she does this. So she passed the ordeal of the serpent. The honor was given to the fairy queen daughter. And then she did it again because she was like, yeah, I kind of want to be a serpent and a veteran. And so she just finished with that and flew right here to say hi. Objection. Yeah. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, we're basically just reading like. <laughs> Immaterial. Like the the court record of a of a trial at this point. So Beauty gets to know her fancy family and is no longer worried about degrading the prince with with the marriage. And she's about to remind the fairy about her promise to have the merchant's family come to the wedding when she sees all of them very confused on horseback outside because the horses had just run off with them while they were out hunting and brought them to this palace for the wedding. Uh, She embraces her old family, but especially her merchant father, who is so happy and proud of her until the fairy tells him, Chill out. You're not her dad. Uh, that honor doesn't belong to you. And also you owe her homage because she's a fairy princess. Homage. Homage. Whatever. So he's pleased to hear homage. this. Hum- yeah, homage. <laughs> yes. Uh, her sisters are jealous and they try to hide it, fooling no one, but everyone pretends not to notice anyway, so what's the point? 
and all of their lovers who were still in love with beauty didn't know what to think. Uh, the, the old family is hired at court. The lovers finally give up sometime after the marriage and settle for her sisters. They have the, the wedding, and then they all had to quit the beautiful castle and present themselves to their kingdoms. But Beauty and the Beast were so in love that they wanted to abdicate the throne so that they could focus on each other, but the fairy said, no. So they said, okay, as long as we can have a vacation here every now and then, and just, like, talk to each other for whatever. <laughs> so they visited the people who were present in the story pretty frequently, and then other unimportant shit happens for a few paragraphs at the end. Like, 40% of the story happened after the climax. Screws up your whole pacing. Yeah, like, writing classes always tell you not to do... That? The backstory dump in the beginning. Or the end. I think or they, ever. I think it's worse they, at the end. I think they left out the end clause, figuring that most people wouldn't try to put the entire backstory there. <clears throat> Sometimes there's stuff in a story that it's good for the author to know, but to not share. I think, yeah, I think they <laughs> accidentally, like, accidentally published the author's notes. The, the Bible of the story. The story Bible <laughs> at the end. I think the story could be improved with just a little bit of rearrangement. Just a razor blade. That too. But like it's it's not terrible action, the the stuff preceding Beauty's existence. It's just you're done with the story by the time you get to it. And you don't need it. Yeah. No. It's irrelevant to her. Yeah, like if you if you want to start Again, yeah, start with all that stuff if you want to have it in. Right. Tell it in the right order. Like maybe and it had a little bit of bearing on the prince because he became a beast, but Belle thought that she was from a merchant family, right? Right. Her whole life. Yep. And all of the events of the story with the beast were under that pretense as well. Correct. So none of this has bearing on her decision making <laughs> over the course of the actual story. Nope, just on the... The postscript course of the story, or where suddenly real... his mom brings in doubts about her eligibility. Yeah, no real consequences. That's such a long, nothing like <laughs> winding road to say that she's eligible. And I think the the real insult of this story is that the interesting action, which is the whatever battle could have existed with this wicked fairy, yeah, is all a postscript. I think the interesting action was monkey puppet shows. <laughs> That That's cannot true. be discredited. We're going to have to agree to disagree on what is interesting action. Because the actual course of the story, the only peril was the beast being melodramatic mm -hmm. in, a, in wonderful sheep fashion. Yeah. And just throwing himself on the ground. Yeah, that was action. Yeah. That was our, our pivoting climax of the story because everything else is just... Her watching shows and talking to an imaginary friend. Badly. It's, ver it's very like freshman screenwriter yeah who like thinks they've come up with something clever and they really really want to explain it to you because like they're very proud of it they just want to make sure the audience gets it like why it's so cool and like the backstory bit wasn't not clever like that's i think on its own is the most interesting part of this story that's where most of the action happens yeah but its delivery is so late in the game and so inconsequential because we've already seen how it all ends. With so much meat on the bone at the end like that, like with so much useful material, it begs the question why in Disney's sequel they told a story about Tim Curry being a piano. <laughs> 
That is a good <laughs> question. I hadn't considered that. Instead of talking about the crazy backstory of Belle's life that she didn't know about. I mean, they maybe they would have had to commit to some of that in the first movie. No, because this one didn't. Yeah, but the, <laughs> yeah, but they was... wanted to make it better well, than this. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen the sequel to Beauty and the Beast. Well, it's I have, a prequel. I have not. Okay, or a midquel? You mean? Yes, it's a midquel. It happens in the middle of the first movie. Okay. That's a weird and word. isn't touched upon. That is that is the question I needed to, so it's a to have answered. Yeah, kind it, of. it wasn't a sequel. It was a midquel. No, it happens during Christmas, and then they just don't don't talk about it. <laughs> they have other important stuff to talk about. If I owned Tim Curry as a piano, I would talk about it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like how I you start talk and about end every else. conversation. That like I would build a house just for Tim Curry the piano. Also, that movie decides that they needed to tell Chip, who is like a six or seven year old boy, what Christmas is because he didn't know about it. Did anybody know? Yeah, everybody except <laughs> Chip. So they just kept him in the dark for seven years. I guess so. That but Chip. but the, the weird thing is that he is present during the story, which takes place at Christmas. <laughs> so it doesn't that, make any fucking sense. Yeah, this is uh, this sounds the better. Chip, <laughs> the chip in the cup is actually a head injury. It has to be. And it's the part of his brain that knew what Christmas do. <laughs> Yeah, that bit was surgically removed. That sounds amazing that you would leave leave a kid out for seven years. The only kid in the castle. Somehow, because they're like other cups. Who are they? Who are the other cups? There's a whole tea set, and she puts them all to bed, but only Chip has a face. There's a character in that movie who I'm pretty sure Chip interacts with who is like transformed into the star of the tree. They decorate the tree. With and Chip's Chip doesn't friend. know what Christmas is. <laughs> Despite his friend being the star? Yeah. Well, his friend's put in a box for 10 to 11 months out of the year. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that like that Chip gets a little deeper every year. <laughs> and that's, that is the part where he kind of stores his December memories. <laughs> and they just... And they just chisel it out of him every every New Year's. Chip's December memories is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. <coughs> we should watch that. I want to I see that movie. I don't care about this story anymore. We monkeys. Give me something. There's, they're just monkeys. They're monkeys. Where'd they come from? They're, <laughs> they're just monkeys that they had. Are there monkeys that are indigenous to France? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not a lot. No, there are Are there not. parrots? Nope. These Where are... th- did the monkeys fly in on the parrots? No, the monkeys discovered later that they could train the parrots to act as their interpreter somehow. Yeah, but where did they all come from? The zoo. They learned later? There was a zoo. That's it. They didn't know at the start? They all became friends in the zoo. Because my headcanon is that they all came from the Monkey King's island after he went to heaven and hell. <laughs> Yeah, because they because right. they kind of like wandered off without a leader. That's and just ended a, up in France. We need a good crossover. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're on it there because there's no explanation given for monkeys. So they just saddled up some parrots and went on an adventure and ended up in this castle. And I'm like, well, the beast is kind of like a big monkey king. <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough, guys. Settled down here. Because like the beast obviously tolerated whoever sure. 
like, whatever whatever just people sort of drifted in. Yeah, he didn't have the temper problem of the Disney version. Whatever living flotsam washed up on his doorstep. <laughs> they started out just doing favors because they felt weird just like chilling in his pad, but then eventually just became servants. Just like did their own thing. <laughs> it's a very good explanation. They went in search of a replacement. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say. Now I'm like way more interested about this other stuff. I don't care about all this. The, the fairy law is good to know for the future. Barely. I don't want to address this this particular instance of it. What parts of it are good to know? I mean, it's good to know that there's that it, hierarchy system. And that be, you can usurp it by snake trials of some kind. Yeah. It'll be good context later for other stories. I think it's good to maybe re-examine some of our snake stories. Yeah. Was the snake pit maybe just a pit of fairies? <laughs> Some fight club? Like, have a, have a few fairies discovered that a loophole to the ordeal part of the snake ordeal is just live together like in a snake pad in a giant pit I think it's kind of a, a sanctuary for fairies on this um yeah. doing this this spirit quest it's easy mode um, I think the glitch. introduction of the sage Amadabat who is an ally he's allied with the fairy race his power is much stronger and it's on account of his sublime knowledge so how many snake trials did he do he's not a fairy that doesn't matter don't be racist. Anybody can do a snake trial. I don't know that that they need it. They do. How does he feel about birds? Is he a double agent? Is there's a bird sage that we don't really know anything about still? Is it from the 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 one where he called them all together? Yeah. That one story yeah. with the girl? The greenish bird. Greenish bird, yeah. Maybe they're um they're both kind of like overlords on their own side. Is it good to know about the book that knows everything? Yeah, I that's think that's I think that's what we're writing. <laughs> that is what we're deciphering. Yeah, that's the book of Doug. I cannot find any translation for Amadabat or any other mention of Amadabat. So maybe not important. Maybe, or maybe it's another name for like Boney. Does Boney sound like this person though? We don't know anything mm. about this person. Conceivably, what's his? How do you spell it? Amad. A M A D A B A T. What was it again? I can't. Amadabat. A-M-A-D-A-B-A-T. Amadabat? Amadabat. A-mad-a-bat. See, that helps. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got some bullshit. Yeah, it's it's all nonsense. So any of the actual folklorists out there who might know something about Amadabat, the sage allied to fairies, that would be good to know. If we flip the letters around, does it spell I am Voldemort? Of How Am- close do of we Of yeah. What can you make from Amadabad? A mad bad um, a mad bat a mad bat A. It's a palindrome, right? Almost. No, no. <laughs> Not even a little I bit. Think, I think it already is the uh, the what's it of itself? The the switcheroo? The ac- not the acronym. The what do you call it when you <laughs> the switcheroo? What do you call it? Anagram. Yeah. Ta-da ba. <laughs> Ta-da ba. Oh shit. Genie sheep. <laughs> the fairy queen had sex with a sheep. Ta-da ba. Now you gotta have an That's M. That's the two things that a magic sheep would say. <laughs> you gotta have an M in there. Ta-da, bam. <laughs> so it's emerald. 
That's it. That's it. We're <laughs> yeah, at an hour. We're done. That's four of these. Yeah, uh, we're done. Next week, we will take a brief break from French before diving back into it for our annual Dolnoanian Horror Fest. It's going to be like fresh water in between gulps of bilge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so... Thank you again, Lucy, for trapping us in this four-part swamp of French monkey butlers and fairy law. Uh, thank you to our patrons, particularly <clears throat> our our newest patron, Izzy, and Robert, who recently upped the pledge. Thank you, patrons. We are working on revamping the Patreon system so that you guys get cooler stuff, so... Bear with us. Feel free to yell at us in Discord about what you want from us. Which does require you to give us money. <laughs> but yeah, go for it. Well, them specifically, they're they're both in Discord already. Okay. Well, for the the rest of you, if you want to yell at us, you got to give us money first. Yeah, we only fun in to, there to yell in until then. Uh, thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, the neon. Thank you, the neon. Thank you, the neon. Be like John Waterbottle and rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John, John Waterbottle, Water for your rating and reviews on iTunes. We love you, John Waterbottle.com. Thank you, Rolled Doll. Thanks, Rolled Doll. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Knives. Thank, Thank you, you, Net Neutrality. Thank you, Net Neutrality. Thank Go you, net call neutrality. your call your senators if that's a big deal to you. Yep. That's a. Uh, that was vote. almost the direction our podcast took, and then we were like, yeah. One more vote. It was one vote to three. So we did fairy tales instead. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. Um, thank you, Cherry Man. Thank you, Cherry Man. Eh. You fill our days with horror. Oh, that one? Yeah. The, <laughs> the real talking one? about the real one. Yeah, the, the real and actual true Cherry Man. Yeah, the real and actual true Cherry Man. Thank you for your cherries. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. Or is it? This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.